This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of What Is the Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after, the evening, the afternoon, the night before, in which Arsenal beat Manchester United 3-1 at the Emirates Stadium in dramatic fashion. Brilliant stuff. I told you, back at the Emirates, that is it's the good omen. It's it's what means the most. It's what makes the difference. Absolutely, gloriously oh, winning games. Um, amazing stuff. It was an absolute joy to be there, to witness it. You know, I really didn't think that I could top the, the Reese Nelson against Bournemouth moment. I didn't think that moment could be topped. And I tell you what, you know, it was even later technically in the game than obviously the, the the game yesterday. But, oh, that is against Man United after they've had a goal ruled out for us. I, I have been laughing since, since full time. I, I've just been laughing and talking and losing my head. And, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, I haven't stopped dancing to be honest. Uh, I've just been just been going around like this, just a little bit of a side to side constantly. I was like bowling back to St Pancras or oh, Victoria Station yesterday. Oh, 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 beautiful scenes, beautiful scenes. Oh, I'm buzzing. Right, hello everyone in the chat box. Hope you're doing good and well. Hope you're doing good, people. Uh, I don't know what's his name. <laughs> Barry, good morning to you to NSW to create it. Marcus Lars, Leopold Valla, Clock Orange, FPL, Cosmos, Richard, Gunner Dude, Stevie, Temi, Olawale, uh, Tom, Valla, uh, Varchester United, Temi, uh, Louis, Roy, Stewart, Dave, Olatunde, Jimbo, David, Tony. Thank you, uh, everyone that's tuned in. Really appreciate your time and everybody else joining us in the chat box. What a day. What an absolute joy uh, to be speaking with you this morning. We're going to be doing so for the next, uh, next. well, I suppose probably a longer one. We're going to enjoy it. I'm probably there's going to be some questions in part two. 
But we're going to go through the monologue of part one and uh, tackle everything that went down. So Arsenal three. I don't know why it's just Fulham. <laughs> I mean, they might as well have been Fulham yesterday, Man United, because they were absolutely dreadful. Um, played exactly how I expected. That is, it was it was like playing Burnley. Like it was as if we were playing against like a relegation threat inside, not a Manchester United team, constantly trying to to hit Arsenal on the break. We knew that was the way they were going to play. How do you play against a team that is, is only going to hit you on the break? It's really difficult. It's difficult to play that way. I tell you what, a side that want to win the title, you don't play like that. If you are supposed sneaky title challengers, as Adam McCullough might say, you don't play like that in big games. And that's the reason why Eric Ten Hag's record against top six sides is deplorable away from home. Absolutely dreadful. He thinks this is some big master plan that's going to work. It doesn't work. You can't. You have to compete. You have to get as many opportunities as you can and try and dominate as much of the game you can to get a better chance at winning games. And Eric Ten Hag, goodness me, does not know how to manage these games. Does not know how to effectively pull it off. Very nearly did, to be fair. And I'll give him that. But uh, a lot of things would have had to go their way and ultimately Arsenal played it perfectly. And Gabriel will talk about that goal from Man United that wasn't a goal a little bit later on uh moving forwards uh martin erdegaard's quick response uh we'll talk a little bit about their first goal in a second but i do want to talk about martin erdegaard quickly who was you know just uh, the way in which this guy moves a football is just like an artist it's so delicate and elegant and thoughtful and clever and intelligent every single thing he does I'd say 99%, you know, everyone's allowed 1% off. And sometimes there's a couple of 1% where he has an off pass or something like that. But 99% of the things Erdegaard does are so thought through in the shortest space of time. You know, there are very few footballers that are as intelligent as, as Martin Erdegaard is in what he does. And it, everything just goes through him. And, uh, you know, if yeah, when people talk about, you know, if we lost Bukayo Saka, and Bukayo Saka wasn't, you know, it wasn't, again, it was similar to the Fulham game, I thought, for Saka. It wasn't like a game where I thought, wow, you know, Bakai Saka is here. He's, he's the, the threat. But maybe it's Odegaard. Maybe Odegaard turned out is is the most important player in this team if you would, if we were to lose him. Such would. That doesn't happen. Um, goodness me. Goodness, goodness me. What play from Martinelli and Ketia and Zinchenko, by the way, in the build-up to that goal? Uh, Martinelli, I thought, all running all day. Fantastic from the little Brazilian. Really, really, really good. Another assist for Fabio Vieira. And I'm doing this in a really odd order, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but I have to talk about Fabio Vieira because once again, coming off the bench, getting an assist, uh, really, really important. And uh, there's got to be a big conversation about where his place is in this team and where it is in the starting lineup as well. Um, that's really important to have that conversation because... And the man that he replaced, Kai Havertz, oh dear. Oh my goodness me. I so wanted him to have like a such an important game. And he had an absolute nightmare. Like I hold my hands up. Like he had an absolute nightmare of a game yesterday. And I think it's this point where you've got to kind of build up his confidence from the bench now because he was a passenger, you know. In that first half, it was worse because the miss hit, the giving away of the ball to Ericsson, um, I've never seen a player lack so much confidence in my life. I've never seen a player have so little confidence ever. And I think there are two reasons for that. Well, I think there are a few reasons for this. Firstly, is obviously the the, the, the history from Chelsea, just kind of 
um, that kind of follow through from three really um, you know disappointing years with Chelsea, and we've taken a risk, and, and and Arteta and the club have taken a big risk on this transfer, and it's still so early. You know, I had so many people, so many people turning around to me yesterday and saying like I'm done with it, and I'm like. Guys, it's five games into a new season. You've got to give the guy a chance. And, and that is the second reason, is this guy is getting no help. Like, no help. And I, I have sympathy for Arteta's words in the press conference where he's like saying, like, if you love Arsenal, you've got to support the guy. You know, but constantly I see messages saying he's this, he's that, he's dead, he's trash. You know, all these horrible terminologies publicly being thrown out into comment sections and Twitter feeds. It's like... He said, why are you trying to kill him? Why are you trying to kill the guy? Look, it's all well and good having criticism. I have no argument against criticism. If you want to say that these performances haven't been good enough in the last two games, I have no issue with that because that's a fact. These games are not good enough for Kai Havertz. He needs to be better. But I tell you what's not going to help is killing the kid, like absolutely battering him online, and, and tweeting him and going into his DMs, which I'm sure people, plenty of them have, you're an embarrassment, those people that really are, you know. But from Arteta's perspective, he's got to protect him. You've got to protect the guy. You've got to build the guy up from the bench. You've got to bring him off the bench and give him the opportunity. Because the players, I could tell, the you know, you see you have these words and it's a shame that people can't act properly. Um, but like it's... It's a situation whereby now, you know, you, the players I felt like are starting to avoid even passing to him. Like I, there was a few times where Declan Rice had a clear pass open to Havertz and didn't take it because he didn't trust him. He didn't trust giving the ball to Havertz. He didn't think he was going to get the outcome that he wanted from a pass. Zinchenko as well. And before the second half kicked off, Zinchenko was in real deep conversation um, with Havertz before the second half kicked off. And... He needs to be on the bench for the next game. He needs to be brought off the bench and built up. You need to build this guy up because Vieira has had to deal with that all last season. He's had to deal with fans telling him how bad he is and then they're entitled to celebrate when he produces two, fan, three fantastic assists this season. That's, the, that's what football is. So fickle as we are, you know. And now it's the return of Vieira. Vieira's finally arrived and yet the only credit should really be going to Arteta, to Vieira, and to those fans that said, you've got to give him time. You've got to give him another season. You've got to give him the opportunity to transition. Because those same fans that have been such hypocrites with their bashing and killing attempts of Havertz, you know, and now all happy, la da about how good Vieira's come back. No, you don't deserve him. You don't deserve that remontada. You really don't. But less about that. We'll come on to that, I'm sure, in part two. Stop killing the guy, but bench him and build him up. Arteta, please, you've got to protect the guy because he needs protecting at this point. My goodness me. My goodness me. <laughs> Those scenes. Those scenes at full time. I was uh, I was with Harry Simeon, um after the game and he was uh, he was free at the full time, kind of recording, waiting to record the final whistle. And so obviously he was filming as Jesus go through. I'm sure you've seen Harry's tweet with the girl from the press box. What scenes? Um yeah, I, I, you know, it is the it is the unwritten rule of the press box um, that you can't, or you're rather that you shouldn't um, celebrate. Uh, that's that's the unwritten rule that it is. But um, yeah, I, I um, it, it's probably fair to say that I 
did did celebrate a little bit. Um, yeah, that 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 definitely happened. Uh, <laughs> I definitely definitely celebrated um, and uh, <laughs> tried to do minute by minute and writing up a press conference blog at the same time whilst that manic ridiculousness is going on. Like it's impossible. Um, still managed it. Um, but yeah, I think that was the I haven't been at the Emirates since the Nottingham Forest game. I haven't been to a game since the Nottingham Forest game. I was at home for the Palace game, doing it from home. I was on holiday for the Fulham game and just reacting to it as a fan in a hotel room. And then that was the first game I've been back. And I think that two games being away from the ground and being away from the press box really did give me uh, a sense of kind of that, that fan experience being built up back inside me. And I am going to have to be a little bit more reserved. I think, you know, if anyone had a camera on me throughout that game, uh, it was not, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was very difficult to sit still. Um, and, but you know, it's, it's emotion. It is that you can't, I don't think you can expect people to be, you know, emotionless throughout that. And uh, especially when you're covering your own club. And I think that creates a better article, a better piece, a better um, kind of coverage of the game. It was absolutely unbelievable scenes. Um, as I said, the, the, the similarities to the, uh, the Bournemouth game and how the Emirates erupted that night in that game against Bournemouth was Amazing, and it was equally as as, as brilliant, if not more, uh, doing it against Manchester United. Uh, Mikel Arteta was able to celebrate um, uh, rather wildly, um, and rightly so as well, because you know his substitutions were absolutely spot on in this game. Um, absolutely spot on. Um, it was always going to be the game was always going to play out like it did. We were always going to be the better team. We were always going to be vulnerable on the break because what people expect on and I think too much they expect too much of this is that ultimately you can't expect the opposition to have no opportunities at all when Man City play a team they dominate games but still the opposition get chances I mean you look at the Sheffield United game the other day you know they scored they should have had an equalizer late on as well the opposition are always gonna you know the opposition are always gonna score all I want from Arsenal is to dominate games to get more opportunities, have more possession and look like the team that is most likely to win the game. And if you speak to anybody bar Lee judges, maybe, there was only one team that deserved to win that game and it was Arsenal. Only one team deserved to win that fixture. Maybe Lee judges and a lot of negative Nellies perhaps, but they exist. I love him to bits, Lee, but my goodness me, I did, <laughs> I did see the stuff. To suggest that Man United were the better team is just so far wide of the mark when Arsenal are creating, you know, nearly double the amount of shooting opportunity. I think it was 17 to 10 in the end. And Arsenal have more possession. And the only reason why the possession stats actually favoured Man United in the first half is because we had them locked in their own box, in their own defensive third for so much of that first half. They were locked. They couldn't get out. There's some really good bits of passing. It was only when they produced some world-class bit of changes of play. That was the only time only opportunity that we saw uh, Man United ultimately um, kind of dominate a little bit out from the back. And I think that 
ultimately Arsenal are just so good at dominating games now, whether it's this system. What I would say is, though, is that there wasn't too many differences from this performance to, say, the performance against Fulham or the performance against Nottingham Forest in terms of dominance. Obviously, there was a bit of difference in terms of the opposition we were facing and because they were so good on the counter and so better than the teams we faced on the counter, they created better opportunities to score. That was the difference in the game from the previous ones. But even though the system went back to Ben White and Saliba and Gabriel and Zinchenko, I didn't notice all that much of a difference in regards to how we played out. Now, perhaps that's because we still had Bryce Havertz, Nodegaard in the midfield. Maybe that's one of the reasons why. But I didn't see a wild change. Like People have been calling and crying out for us to go back to that back four because it will make a difference in how we attack. It didn't. It didn't make us any more secure on the counter. It didn't make, for me, us any more dominant in attack. It didn't change drastically how we played. And so all of those calls to suggest that everything will be fixed, everything will go back to normal if we put Ben White, Gabriel and Zinchenko into the back four with Saliba, I think yesterday was kind of proven that that's not the case. Arsenal are playing a system that tries to dominate teams. They're trying to play a system which tries to dominate opportunities. And whether it's Partey at right back or whether it's Ben White there or whether it's whoever playing wherever, you know, Arsenal are a certain philosophy. They play to a certain style. They are very fluid. They change their system throughout the game, as Arteta suggested, with those 43 structures that he noticed against Fulham. You know, at the end of the day, Arsenal dominate teams with this with this team, with this philosophy, with Arteta as manager. We dominate teams. We deserve to win the games we play for, the, for all of the ones we played this season. And that has to continue because if you are deserving of winning all of your games that you play, the highly the high opportunity to be likely is that you're going to win the majority of your games. That's where you need to position yourself. You need to position yourself that in every game you play, you deserve to win. And if you position yourself in that way, the outcome is most likely going to be, as I say, that you will win the majority of games. You won't win them all. And Fulham is a testament to that. No one can sit there and tell me that Fulham didn't deserve that Fulham deserved anything from that game against us. We absolutely deserve to beat Fulham comfortably. And we should have done. And if we'd have been more clinical in that game, we would have won that game by four, five, six, seven, as Arteta said in his post-match press conference. And yesterday, you know, we had opportunities as well. Saka, we're not talking about the Saka chance. You know, Saka again, one-on-one with Anana, put it anywhere else and he scores. You know, if he scores that goal, we're winning that game and we're probably going on to win comfortably again. Um, we had to win late on, but we created that massive opportunity for Saka that no one's talking about because we won the game anyway. But if Saka puts that away, I think we win the game and we don't need that dramatic late win anyway. Do you know what I mean? So really, 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 really good. Uh, starting 11-wise, I think he did get it right. Um, even though, you know, the Havertz situation as well, I think that I had no issue with Havertz starting, but I think what it does is it's a lesson. It gives us that lesson. It gives us now the opportunity to um, move Havertz out, bring Fabio Vieira in for the Everton game and and give him an opportunity to play. I think that is that is what we need to do. And I hope that is what we do. And then we can kind of build Havertz up from the bench, build that confidence, get him off the bench coming on and, uh, and hopefully having a better game. Gabriel Magalhaes is a very, very clever defender. Now, he's often talked about for his physicality and his defensive ability and how good he is in the air and what he can do in the opposition box. And not enough is Gabriel actually talked about for his um, his intelligence. Not actually is he talked about enough for his smartness. And if you know that you ha- aren't blessed with pace 
and that you aren't blessed with, um, you know, the ability to recover quickly, which he isn't. You know, his biggest weakness is his speed on the turn. We know that. And that's why we have some quick players around him to help, like Tomiyasu and Zinchenko and uh, and Saliba. And for those thinking, did I just include Tomiyasu in a, in a fast team? Yes, I did. And if you need any evidence of how quick Tomiyasu is, I suggest you watch back a little clip from the Crystal Palace game where he overtakes nearly everybody in recovering back with a, a returning run. Um, that's why you play quick players around him. But when Garnacho is played through, he recognises that he's never catching him. Never in a million years is he catching him. And the, the decision to stand and place your body as back as possible, replicating some of my dance moves maybe in the post-match, um, was so clever. The, I can't tell you how quick of thought you have to be to do that, to make that choice in that split second, because the whole move for Man United is a great, fantastic, and Hoyland, by the way, very impressed with him. I think he's going to be a good striker for Man United. I'm sad that that's the case, but I think Hoyland is going to be a good striker for Man United. And it was a really fantastic move by Man United, but Gabriel, recognising that that's, that's, that's happening, um, is just so clever. So, 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 so clever. Um, so, yeah. Um, brilliant stuff uh, from Gabriel there. And uh, yeah, really, really, really good. Uh, Yuri and Timber, just a quick thing uh, before we go to part two. I spoke to Yuri and Timber briefly and Mohamed Elneny after the game as well. Um, you know, when in the mix zone, you get an opportunity to speak to the players. They walk past you. Timber did, uh, grabbed him, not physically grabbed him, but <laughs> just asked him how he's feeling and he's saying he's feeling good. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it was good to see him. Still on crutches, of course. I reported yesterday at Football on, on Friday that he uh, he's had successful surgery two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we should have him back in the new year, well into the new year, mind. But uh, he's in the recovery phase now. And it was great to see, um, you know, just that he's feeling good about things. I also grabbed Mohamed Elneny and asked him when he might be back. And he said he's going to be back soon. There is an understanding I believe that we've been reporting at FL that, um, that it should be this month. So Elneny um, will be back this month. So that's hopefully a positive and we can see him in the squad, especially because Thomas Partey, of course, suffered this injury and we don't know the full extent of this problem yet. Um, and we are will be finding out probably after the international break how fit he is. So yes, let's wait and see. Right, uh, let's go into the chat box right after this for part two and your questions. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, then uh, let's jump into the chats and uh, <laughs> see what you guys say. Maggie says, did we underpay for rice? Um, you know, what's really funny about this question is that I was told by so many people in my comment sections on the summer, we've overpaid for rice. Partey is clear, you know, like with his average. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What those people must be thinking now how they must have celebrated so wildly and madly in yesterday's game. There is a reason why we bought Declan Rice. And it's because his reliability in games, his attendance in games, his impact on games is clear of Partey, sadly. You know, and, and, and Partey has been missing. I think the statistic is 64% he's been available for games. 64% of games Partey has been available. That's not good enough. And it's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault he's getting injured. It's not something he controls. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not good enough from a, from a secondary perspective. Not pointing the finger at him, but it's not good enough. And we need to make sure that we've got players as good, if not better, than Declan Rice, uh, sorry, than Partey, that can play and consistently play. Not only that, but, yeah, as Matthew points out, apparently Caicedo was better and we should have gone and got Caicedo instead of Rice. <laughs> if you can look at the starts to their times with their new clubs, it's night and day. It's night and day. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely, without a doubt, one of the best signings that we've ever made. And it's only been five games. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Basher says, hey, Tom, any thoughts on Saka's form in the four games? Significant drop in my opinion. Also, I believe that Vieira sub was 30 minutes late. And the Jesus sub was at least 50 minutes late. Uh, it's a lot of criticisms, Basher. <laughs> um, Saka's form has dipped a little bit. Last two games haven't been as good. So obviously, start the season much better. That's fine. You know, we've got a lot of time to go. You know, nothing definitive um, you're going to see in, in five games, to be honest. But uh, I'm very happy with uh, with ultimately what we are seeing from the team as a, as a whole. And I think Saka will go through peaks and troughs still. So, yeah, look. I'm sure he'll be fine and back for the game against Everton and performing to the absolute utmost once again. Vieira being late, you know, he could have been brought on sooner. Sure, could have been brought on sooner. But when ultimately he has a, a winning contribution in the game, I'm not going to complain too much about that. Jesus, you know, it's difficult. What I would say about substitutions, right? And substitutions in a game against Man United where you... Um, are up against a side that are really good on the counter. You know that you are going to be... You, want, you know that you're going to be in dominance of the possession and you know you're always going to be vulnerable on the break and you know that the scoreline is going to change probably. probably Most likely the scoreline was going to change one of either way. And you need to give yourself time and you need to give yourself options. And that's why we saw Jorginho come on after we scored. You know, immediately after we scored that goal, Odegaard off, Jorginho on, control, slicker passing, all of that type of tactical work, you know, it was really important. And that's why I said before, I didn't want Jorginho to start this game. 
I wanted Vieira or Havertz, and I said Havertz on the other day, Havertz is a priority, to start this game over Jorginho because I think when you've got Jorginho coming off the bench, it gives you someone coming off the bench that gives you control. It gives you someone coming off the bench that's going to give you that ability to get hold of the ball with full fitness. That's what most, that is what is most important in those moments. So, yeah. Um, David says, is it time for Raya? Um, I, I mean, I didn't look at that performance from Ramsdale and thought, well, we need to bring in David Raya. Um, so no, I didn't, I didn't think that we need to bring him. We've got nothing really to go off at the moment from an Arsenal perspective of Raya. We're going to see him in the Champions League. We're going to see him in the Carabao Cup, I'm sure. So let's wait and see what Raya produces in those games. But I didn't watch that game yesterday and go, wow, well, we should be changing Ramsdale. So no, you know, for the goal for, uh, for Rashford, it's a great shot. It takes a little, uh, you know, he gets a little finger to it, but uh, no, I think Ben White was actually quite poor in the Rashford thing. I think Ben White didn't have his best game, you know. Um, it's difficult because Ben White's become a right back that is really good at linking up with Saka and overlapping and all of that. But at the end of the day, when you're up against a team with Rashford running down your that left flank, you know, you need to be a little bit more conservative. And he wasn't able to have his best game because I think Rashford was really, really good. And ultimately, when the opposition player is really, really good, that often leads to the, the player that you're going up against not looking like he's having the best game. Um, Alan says, uh, Tom, I'm usually positive about all our players, but honestly, Havertz scares me. With Partey out, I'm going with Jorginho. Well, I've just kind of tackled Avenue. I do think it's important to have Jorginho coming off the bench for a bit of control at times. I think some games, like if we were away at Man City or away at Anfield, there I might be tempted to go more so with Jorginho. Yeah, I think there are certain games. But when you're at home and you're going to dominate the ball, I think Vieira is probably the better choice now if we're going to start somebody instead of Havertz. That's probably the better choice. Um, Callum says, has Ten Hag stopped crying yet? I, I'm re- he embarrasses me. Like he re- Some of his terminology in games, the way in which he approaches things, like after the Wolves game, when Anana took out, who was it Anana took out? Um, you guys will know in the chat box, I'm sure. But the Wolves defender, I think it was a defender, Anana clears him out in the box. Like, it's a blatant penalty. So much so that, you know, PGMOL apologised to Wolves after the game because Anana it should have been a penalty. Um, and Eric Ten Hag came out after the game and said it wasn't a penalty. And he comes out after this game and says the angle of the camera is wrong. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And what I really appreciate, you know, from Erling Haaland is Erling Haaland comes out after the game against Fulham and speaks honestly. And I know it's easier to do it when they've won. But Haaland come out after that game against Fulham and said how, you know, he would have been very, very upset had Man, Man City been, you know, um, a conceded a goal like Fulham did with a Kanji standing in an offside position. And if we start having more honesty from the players and managers in those situations with those decisions, instead of just, my goodness, like just outright lying and deceiving um, as as Ten Hag did after the, the game. It's just embarrassing. And if I'm a United fan, I'm embarrassed by that. I've seen so many United fans try and claim that the Hoyland-Gabriel incident should be a penalty. It's not. I thought VAR had a really good day yesterday. I don't say Anthony Taylor had a good day, but VAR had a good day. The referee didn't have a good day, but VAR certainly did have a good day because Havertz wasn't a penalty. Um... I would be absolutely gutted if Arsenal were given a penalty for that, if, if, if like against us. So if another team did what Havertz did in that moment, 
I would be absolutely distraught, distraught if Arsenal had conceded a penalty in that fashion. So I had no issue with, obviously I'd love for the penalty to have been given for obvious reasons because I'm biased, but taking my Arsenal hat off, you know, I would have been gutted if that was against Arsenal. Um, the Havertz one, like it's not a penalty and it was right to be overturned. The Gabriel on, on um, Hoyland, Hoyland overhits the ball. So it's going out of his possession to Ben White. And it's just physical. It's just two players side by side being physical in the box. I mean, what's Gabriel meant to do? Just stand off him. Just not just, just not make contact. Like It's not like he's tripped him over. It's, it's not like he's pushed him to the floor. It's just two players being physical in a moment where they're both in movement. Coyland overhits the ball, gives it to Ben White in his position. And uh, they're all, they're both grappling with one another anyway. There was Man United fans trying to claim that Evans, I think, was fouled by Gabriel for the goal. Evans has his hands all over Gabriel. If anything, it's more of a penalty for Arsenal than anything else. Um, it's certainly nothing to justify a penalty or the, for that Rice goal to be ruled out. Uh, and the offside, like the amount of times I've seen embarrassing takes. You know, what I like doing sometimes is, is watching back some like uh, watch-alongs and things like that. Oh my goodness, watching Rory Jennings on the club yesterday was was so painful because to sit there and say that shouldn't be offside, that's not offside. The lines are drawn. You can see it's offside. Whether or not you think the rules are or whatever, like whether you think it should be daylight between the players or whatever, it's offside. And the only reason that that is offside is because what Gabriel does in that moment to stand off to arc his body so that he is playing the player offside is a brilliant piece of defending that should be congratulated. It's not like where two players are running and like a toenail is like just, you know, just ahead of the other and two players are running. It's a piece of defending by Gabriel to play him offside. And I've got commentators and pundits all over the place and not Man United fans galore. You know, fair play to Adam McCullough and I thought I'd never really say those words. But Adam actually turned around and said it's really good defending by Gabriel. So I have to say fair play to that. I can't say I agree with half of what he says, if that. But, you know, fair play, you've got to give credit where it's due when there is some fair analysis. And, you know, like, just, I love watching back some watch-along sometimes because I do think they are quite funny. But it's just the embarrassment that some people will put themselves through to just, say silly silly things silly silly things um so yeah <laughs> anyway uh less said about other people and, and their silliness the better um right clive says uh well done so i'm calling out lee just i'm not calling lee out i'm just saying i don't get how you can watch that game and say and say that man united were the better team they played on the counter if, if arsenal had gone to man united right and come out of that game, I can't see anybody, Lee included, turning around and saying Arsenal were the better team. If we'd have played that performance at Old Trafford and lost, I cannot see people coming out and saying that we deserve to win that. Do you know what I mean? I cannot see people doing that. So why we would suggest that Man United were better, they came with a game plan, they came to play on the counter, and they did, you know... I, I just I just can't get my head around how people aren't seeing the fact that we deserve to beat Forest and did. We deserve to beat Palace and did. We deserve to beat Fulham, couldn't do it because of a silly late goal and two crazy mistakes. And we deserve to beat Man United and did. We deserve to beat every single team we have played this season. We have arguably deserved to beat Man City in the Community Shield. Yes, it was another late goal. 
but we were competitive in that game. We created big chances in that game and we defended well in that game. And I believe genuinely that was very tight between that two teams in that community shield. It's a competitive game. It wasn't a friendly, you know, because it wasn't played like a friendly at all. Every game this season, there is a really strong argument we deserve to win every single one. And that's coming from the system that we're using, whether it's Partey at right back, which is causing a little bit of debate, or whether it's playing Ben White at right back in the last game and not necessarily seeing too much difference in the way that we're performing or the way that we're dominating. You know, this team have a philosophy. No matter who is playing it, what formation, and to be honest, I agree with Arteta, it's not just one formation. We are all over. There are loads of different structures. It's very, very fluid. And at the end of the day, we have deserved to win every single game we have played this season. And that is the sign of a team on the up. That is a sign of a team that is a coiled spring, in my view, ready to explode. It was nice to win a game by more than one goal, which we haven't done so far this season. And I think that third goal from Jesus was really important. And that is going to do us the world of good for confidence. Now we go to Everton, a place that we have not won at for a stupid amount of time. Silly amount of time we've not won at Everton. It's been so long since we've won there and I'm sick and tired of going up to Goodison Park and coming away with nothing or a point. I want to go to Everton, you know, not next weekend because we've got the international break now, but another reason why it was really important to win. But I want to go up to up to Liverpool next week, up to Merseyside and watch Arsenal dominate the game, deserve to win again and pick up all three points for the first time in a ridiculous amount of time. And then we've got Spurs at home in the North London derby a team that are playing some really good football, that have got a coach that I said at the start of the season is is a good coach and is an unknown factor and has got them playing football, has got them playing like a team. But I do think they're punching above their weight still. I do think they're performing over what they're expected. And, I, and they need putting in their place, do Spurs. So hopefully Arsenal will be able to do that at the Emirates uh, in three weeks' time. And we've got the Champions League, remember. You know, we've got the Champions League as well. The Champions League coming back gives us a chance to rotate players, gives us a chance to give Kai Havertz, Smith Rowe, um, Reese Nelson some opportunities to play. You know, I know it's not the easiest of games that we've got in the group stage still. They're good teams, PSV and Sevilla, but, you know. Let's let's see what happens. Um, Revsan says, Tom, do you think Havertz is physically stronger than Vieira? And that's the reason why Arteta prefers him. I do believe that Havertz defensively is much better than players like Smith and Vieira. Yeah, absolutely. He is better defensively than those guys. The problem is, is that you can't play a player instead of Xhaka that's only going to be better than the players that we've got here because they're better off the ball. Because the majority of the time, Arsenal have the ball. We have more of the ball. And because we have more of the ball, and for that reason, you know, uh, sadly, um, players that are better off the ball aren't always going to get the credit they deserve. But Havertz, you know, I think you, you bench him now, you build up his confidence by bringing him off the bench and getting him to to produce some good heroics or come off the bench and be really important for us later in games. And then you can start starting him again when he earns that right to start again. But you need to build up the guy's confidence because, my goodness, it is shot to hell. His confidence is gone. And I think a lot of Arsenal fans, unfortunately, do have to take some responsibility. You know, not the priority. You know, it's down to him as a player to perform better always. But my goodness, people have tried to kill that guy before he's even got going. I've really tried to kill that guy before he's got going. And it's not acceptable. It's not okay. You can criticise. I've no issue with criticising, but it's the killing of the player that I just cannot stand. It's pathetic. Uh, Alan says, Tom, why do you think Trossard is not playing? He was so sharp in pre-season. He can play. He started against... Fulham, Alan, like, you know, we started him in that game and 
he wasn't good. <laughs> like, he really wasn't good. His touch was off, which is never usually right. Um, and I think he's a really good impactful sub. I think he's really good coming off the benches, Trossard. So we're going to use him in that way. So expect to see him used in that way. So, yeah, that, that's that's why Trossard's not necessarily playing. He was our best player alongside Saka in preseason. And Saka's not had the best time this season either, you know. He's not been as good as he was in preseason. So that's why... Um, that's why Trossard's not playing. And then another reason is because Martinelli's been really good. You know, I think Martinelli's been better than Saka this season. I think Martinelli's energetic, he's, he's dynamic, he produces. And yes, sometimes he makes the wrong choice. And sometimes he overplays the ball when he runs the byline and can't make the decision quick enough. But I do think that Martinelli is, is a big, big reason as to why Trossard, you know, um, isn't. And Andrew says he played 45 minutes, mate. Trossard is an excellent player. This is what frustrates me so much. It's like, what what on earth did I just say in that last monologue that made anyone doubt that I don't think Trossard's an excellent player? He is an excellent player. He's a great player. But he had a bad half. He had a bad half. Like, you have to accept that he had a bad half. Like I've sat here and accepted that Havertz had a really bad game yesterday. It doesn't mean that I don't rate Havertz, do I think that he's got potential or think that with confidence in his in his... Uh, in his head that he will be better. But I don't know what I've said there. It's really frustrating when those words get taken out of context. At no point have I said that I don't think Trossard is a good player. He's a great player. He's one of my favourite players. <laughs> it's just so frustrating. You, like, you get criticised for the things you don't say. That's not okay. <laughs> like, you can't... Criticising someone ever for the things that they don't say is never, ever, ever going to be okay. You know, you can judge someone on things they do and say. Don't judge them on the things they don't do. You know, that's not fair. Stevie says, Tom, do you think Martinez deserved his injury in trying to take out Saka? Oh, he gets, deserves what he gets. <laughs> you know, I'm never going to wish injury on anyone, to be honest. You know, it's not fair. But um, he tried to take Saka out and injured himself in the process. And ultimately, you know, it was their defending in the end, which really cost them without Martinez. So perhaps with Martinez on the field, they wouldn't have conceded. Who knows? But, uh, you know, really... Really. Uh, okay, Chukru says, Tom, please stop negative talks about... I can't stop it. I can't stop people talking negatively about... I can talk about the fact that I think it's ridiculous to kill the player. You know, I can talk about that and I write about it all the time. But I can't... You, I, I cannot be responsible for trying to stop it. All I can say is to people, you've got to chill. You've got to give... You've got to give the guy a season. You can't do what you did to Vieira and then start celebrating how good Vieira has been at the start of this season because so many people were saying that Vieira should be sold. And the fact of the matter is we wouldn't have points against Fulham. We wouldn't have three goals against Man United because that third goal was all Vieira. That passed through to Jesus. You know, and Jesus and Vieira was on the field when we got that second goal as well with Declan Rice and what he was producing and the passing and the, uh, the link-ups with, um, you know, things like that. I am promote. Are you mental? <laughs> Saying I'm promoting attacks about. I've literally sat here and defended the guy and told people to stop attacking him. What is it going to take for people to coherently understand? I don't get. I don't get. What a ridiculous comment. Uh, Legend says, uh, "Do you think Havertz is going to be any better than he was at Chelsea with time and confidence and praise and a little bit of you know looking after? He absolutely is going to be better." Um, we just you just got to give him the backing that he needs. Stop killing the guy. Stop killing the guy. If he's trolling, you know, you can do one. So see you later. Um, Gunashez says, uh, hold on, why have I missed that comment? Why have I missed it? Uh, Tom Havertz not had a single good game and getting... St that's not true. 
That's not true. In fact, you know, go back and watch the Crystal Palace game and then tell me again he didn't have a good game. And if you're telling me, it's because you haven't watched it properly. I'm sorry. It's as simple as that. You haven't watched that game properly. I did a whole article about the Crystal Palace game and every single thing that Havertz does. We don't win that game without Havertz involved. It was so important to that performance. Go back and watch it. So to say that he's not had a single good game is just not true. It's just false. Um, Andrew says, I feel some players seem undroppable, and that's my point. Trossard will lose confidence. Uh, if he does lose confidence because he's not getting picked, then he then he's not the player for us. If players are at a team that are challenging for a title and they're not playing, and that loses them confidence, look at Eddie Nketiah. Eddie Nketiah is the example to any player that if they're not playing, is losing confidence and is unhappy and wants to go. You know, if if the criticism that a player is not playing is that, you know, they're going to lose confidence. Or the criticism of Arteta is, but if you're not playing these players, they're going to lose confidence. They're not going to be as good. That's not okay. That's not a mentality I want. I want the players to be unhappy. That's fine. But if not playing affects how much they're committed to this or affects how confident they are going into games, that's not what we want. That's not the mentality we need. So stop pointing the finger at Mikel Arteta for not playing a player because it's going to hurt the player's confidence. No, because look at Eddie Nketiah. This is someone that's been sat on the bench behind constant, uh, constant string and list of forwards, whether it's a Bamiang, whether it's a Lacazette, whether it's Trossard, whether it's Gabby Jesus. And yet he's come in this season and been brilliant. And by the way, Eddie Nketiah was brilliant yesterday. Didn't score, didn't assist. But my goodness me, was Eddie good still? Really, really good. Really the right decision to start Eddie and Ketia, it was. You know, so stop trying to kill decision-making because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. If you like Trossard, that's fine. I love Trossard. But at no point are you ever going to get me saying on here that we have to play a player because it's hurting their confidence that they're not. If their mentality is not good enough, they are not going to be as good if they're on the bench for a fair few games. That's not what a title-challenging team needs. It's not what a title-challenging team needs at all. A title-challenging title team needs players that know that if they're going to be on the bench for a few weeks or a couple of months, that when they come off the bench and they get their chance, they take it. That's what a team that's challenging for a title needs because there's going to be plenty of players in a team that doesn't get enough opportunities that when they come off the bench, need to take it. And that goes for Smith-Rowe. That goes for Trossard. That goes for Vieira. You know, and yes, I'd like to see some players given more opportunity. That's a different conversation. I'd like to see Smith Rowe given more opportunities off the bench, but at no point am I going to sit here and say you're going to destroy the players' confidence. They're not going to want to pay for us anymore because if that's their mentality, then that's not what we need in a in a title challenging team. It's as simple as that. So yeah, that's 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 the way that we are. That's the way that things are. I I find myself really emotional this season about this because I cannot stress enough that the it needs to change. It needs to change. Um, Kasim says you literally said that we need to give Havertz confidence, but when it comes to other players, you sing a different tune. Again, are we not listening? I'm going to go into teacher mode. <laughs> are we not listening? We need to give Havertz confidence by a. Not killing the kid, not by battering the kid, not by tweeting his relations, not by tweeting his family, not by tweeting him or sending him DMs and being frankly ridiculous and stupid online. 
And Arteta needs to give him confidence by by protecting him, by taking him out of the team. You know, that's the complete opposite to what I've said about Trossard and this whole debate about the fact that we can't expect players, um, sorry, that we have to expect players to come on whether they've not been playing for a week or two or a month or two and deliver because that's what players have to do if they're at the top level. Yes, I would like to see people given more chances. That's a different conversation. You know, and I think that maybe we could bring Smith Rowe on against Fulham in that game, you know, earlier or whatever. But not bringing him on and the criticism that Arteta is going to be taking away their confidence, it's a, mute, it's a moot point. But you've got to start listening to what I'm saying in regards to this stuff because trying to catch me out, trying to say that I'm contradicting myself, when you're not even listening to what I'm saying, it just embarrasses you by not listening and then putting comments that don't make any sense in relation to the things I'm saying. Um, if he says we are listening, Tom, but you are somehow contradict, please tell me how. If he tell me how I've contradicted myself in any way, if I need to lay this out plainly, I'll lay it out plainly. Not a problem. By not playing Trossard, you are not in a position whereby you are taking away his confidence. And if you are, then that is not the type of mentality that we need. And at the same time, we need to bench Havertz to protect the player to allow him to come off the bench in games to be able to build up that confidence gradually. Coming off the bench does and can build up confidence. And by not playing a player, if, and it's an if, that player is affected by that, that's not the mentality that a title-challenging team needs. I really hope that's out because that is not a contradiction in any way, shape, or form. So maybe we need to look up the definition. Um... Let's go to Marcus says, when the two defenders press Rashford over to the middle before he takes his shot, it could only go to the far corner. Ramsdale had to had to know this great shot. Ramsdale could have done better. I think personally, it's more the defenders than it is Ramsdale in that mar moment, Marcus. I don't think Saliba and White cover themselves in too much glory. White needs to be tighter. Saliba needs to be further over. You know, he's basically in the shadow of, of White in that moment. So he's not going to be able to add to the, the gap. Yes, you could argue that Rashford could only go one way, but how many times have we seen players and defenders nutmegged with low-driven shots in the other direction? Tons. You see defenders nutmegged all the time with shots. So it's not true that he can only go one way because he could decide to try and shoot the ball through the player's legs, low-driven into the other corner and wrong-foot the goalkeeper. He doesn't. It's a brilliant strike by Rashford. He's only going in one place once he hits it. For me, it's more the defenders than the goalkeeper in that position. Uh, Colger Mark says, Tom, we were lucky to win. Uh, when Evans and Maguire um, uh, came on, I was shaking in my boots, tongue firmly in cheek. <laughs> Lol. Uh, Moan United have serious issues uh, and are being found out. We were the better team. Great show. Thanks, Mark. Really appreciate that. For a minute, I nearly didn't get the sarcasm. <laughs> I know I didn't read it like someone. Um, Justin says, I sometimes think that you're actually being trolled. I probably am. I'm an emotional guy and I bite. You know, if you're in my lads WhatsApp group, I am the biter of the group. I bite all the time. People bait me out. I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't mind being an emotional guy. I don't mind being someone that bites. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be not me. I want to speak my mind. I want to get caught out. You know, if that means getting caught and I get trolled, I think it creates great listening for you because it, I, wanna, I don't want to not be me, you know? So, People want to troll me, they control me as best they can. But at the end of the day, I'm very happy in what I'm doing. I enjoy Arsenal winning. I enjoy defending my club. 
Uh, I enjoy criticizing when I need to criticize, but yeah, my goodness me. Um, so there you go. If he says, I'm here, I just don't want to debate. We won the game and that's what matters. And, and you know what's a really issue with me is that to come into a chat box and call me a hypocrite and say I'm contradicting myself and then to turn around and say I don't want to debate. I don't think that's okay, personally. You know, if you've got if you've got, if you've got the front to come into a chat box and say I'm contradicting myself and then won't say why, you know, I don't have any respect for that. Any respect for it at all. If you're going to criticize someone, back it up. Yeah. So if anyone has an issue of anything I've said in the show, that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but back it up. You know, it's the whole thing about the Balogun sale thing that I've been talking about for weeks. If you don't think that we've done well enough in that sale, back it up with a solution. How should have Arsenal got more money for Balogun? You know, and no one's ever come to me with that. So um, a hypocrite is someone that contradicts themselves if it's the same thing. You know, it's it's the same thing. Uh, a hypocrite is someone that contradicts themselves. It's just by definition what it is. Uh, Marcus says, have a live show with Rory and Lee Judges. We know who talks sense out of the three of you. Oh, me and Lee on a live show would be great. I'd love to do that. And we have done that. You know, me and Lee were at the Hippodrome last, was it last year? Was it that earlier? I think it was last year, yeah. Uh, me, Lee, Dan Potts, Harry, Sophie, Kev Campbell. Great to see Kev yesterday um, at the ground. Uh, he literally grabbed me as I walked into the stadium. It was great to see. And uh, always, always a pleasure to have a chat with him. He was thinking that Jorginho might start. And we were saying, having a debate about how we should play that out. And, you know, uh, it was great to see the way in which we went. And then had, you know, um, uh, what is it? Um, Jorginho come off the bench and then add control. That's that's it. Andrew says, Tom, call it, bro. We love you, dude. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Football's an emotional game. It's an emotional sport. And um, it's it's the way things go. Um, it's the way that things are. And I really, really hope that... Um, I really, really hope that one day we find ourselves dominating games and in a way in which we're winning by fours and fives and sixes. That's the next step for me, is that we're not having these debates, is that there's not really anything to debate because... Things are going so well. Um, you know, uh, I'm really happy where we are. I'm really happy with where things are going. I'm really excited for the future. And uh, I look forward to enjoying things. I was at a great venue yesterday, which I hope may turn into a live event venue for us next year. I want to do another live event this season because we enjoyed the last one so much. Um, and I want to make it better. I want to make it um, potentially more intimate. Um, <laughs> don't say that word the wrong way. I know Peeny Ween certainly will. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we can, I think we can take things to the next level. So yeah, I, I look forward to, I look forward to seeing it. I look forward to seeing a lot of you more. And it was great to meet so many uh, listeners to the channel yesterday. Um, Morgie, who um, obviously did the, the caricature, uh, shouted across the press box, please don't shout across the press box at me, guys. Everyone turns around and looks at me. It's <laughs> Everyone's like, who's Tom? So who's this guy screaming? Morgie, literally from one side of the press box, and I was on the other side, goes, Tom! <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't like that. You know, <laughs> I love Morgan to pieces, but my goodness me. I was like, who is screaming? Someone is screaming and it, it was Morgan. So yeah, please don't shout. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. It was great to see so many people um, and, uh, and so many kind words about the channel. I'm glad that you enjoy the content. I'm glad you enjoy the effort that goes into this show. It means the absolute world to me that you watch. Um, 
and uh, and that we get so many kind comments about it. It really, really does. So thank you for listening. Um, and uh, I really, really, really do appreciate your, your listening, your opinions, your comments that are 99% of the time respectful. Um, so yes, uh, later on today, uh, midday UK time, please look out on my Twitter account for a chat with one of the players after the game. It's embargoed, so I can't talk about it. But uh, midday, look out. Uh, I had a chat with one of the players after the game. It was a really good conversation. And that'll be going out on football.london. So make sure you give that article a read when it, we're giving it to you. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be great. Yes, there should be an Arsenal Way show uh, at 10 um, with Umar, who I know had a great day. Uh, he sent me a video of him with his cousins celebrating yesterday's win. I think one of his cousins is a Man United fan. So, yeah, that was also brilliant. Um, so yeah, it was fantastic. And, uh, I look forward to speaking with you guys tomorrow morning. Uh, of course, we'll be back at the usual time of 8am for the Arsenal news show that returns, uh, 8am every single morning still. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, have a fantastic weekend. Weekend? It's Monday. Have a fantastic week, people. Feels like the weekend because I'm still on such a high. Um, but yes, enjoy yourselves. It's been an absolute pleasure. It as always is with you. And, uh, yeah. What a win. Haha, <laughs> Manchester United. See you soon. Stay safe, stay well, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.